0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, follow this podcast at Destination Football on Facebook.
1: Uh, we're also on Twitter at Destination FB. Uh,
0: rate and follow. Leave us a review. And enjoy your stay at Destination Football. You have arrived at your destination. Destination.
1: To the destination football podcast. As always, I'm your host, the Stone Cold Padre. With me again, as always, we have Bob. Say hi, Bob.
0: What's up? What's up?
1: All right, and we have the Oracle back with us again. What's going on, Mr. Oracle? What's up? And our good friend Paul Semino is making his way back as well. What's going on, Paul?
2: What's up, everybody? Good to be here. How's
1: the game go tonight? Uh, not so good. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, gentlemen, uh, you know, it's the NFL offseason in 2022 and shit's going wild yet. Yet and still, Debo Samuel has informed the 49ers that he would like to be traded. This was one of the biggest shocks. The move hasn't even been made yet, but it's kind of starting to seem like it's likely to happen. Maybe even before the trade. This was the most surprising of all the moves that I, I think Debo with the 49ers is the most surprising to me, he's seen, I feel like he's in like the perfect spot. He's getting the ball at a crazy clip. I can't imagine anybody arguing they want the ball more. Uh, what do you guys think is going on with Debo? You know, there's this report that he doesn't want to take the hits as a running back or I don't know. It's an interesting situation because I feel like it's perfect for
2: for any wide receiver, really. And you know, Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Yeah, I think like if you look at you know um, like Shanahan's play calling, for example, there's a lot of pre snap movement. I think that they're able to get Debo the ball in space. I think they real that offense just facilitates his skills better than other offenses might. The problem I I think is. I don't know where he would go, where he could have that same kind of role. So maybe he becomes more of a traditional wide receiver somewhere else, maybe with a better quarterback. I don't know, but I, I don't know. It's, I think he's in a good spot where he's at, but I not. got a
1: good landing spot, but I want to hear from the other two guys first before well, I,
0: well, you know, my, um, you know, my take is that I I don't think he wants to be in this role because of that. You know, my understanding is that the 49ers offered him uh, in a, a pretty large extension and they are a team that's going to contend. So for him to say that he doesn't want to be there no matter what, it makes me think he wants to be a receiver. So that kind of changes who he may go to. And at this point, I'm unsure. I, I don't really have a good landing spot. I think based on his old position as a running back wide receiver you know I think he'd be a good fit in Philly because they don't really have a set guy there running back and he may be, and they also need some wide receiver help so I think he'd be a good fit alongside Devonte Smith but I don't think he wants to be a wide he wants to be the wide receiver running back so I don't know but I do think that from a business standpoint this is the smart decision for Debo. you know I've I've talked about it before He's taken a lot of hits for a wide receiver, and that's gonna that's gonna add up. I mean, you've seen the running backs that have lasted two or three years simply because of the the hits. So I get where he's coming from.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I saw a meme the other day where it was a domino, and it was Christian Kirk, not to be confused with Christian Watson, the North Dakota State. Add him on the pod, mother- oh, a boy. <laughs> there we go. Greg. There we go. And it's here go. Is falling and then Tyree kill and Devonte Adams and wide receivers are realizing that they're in really high demand and that there's a really good market for them. Uh, and I think it is a financial decision. And just like Bob was saying that we talk about running backs with that cliff and how they don't age well. And Debo Samuels with the amount of usage, I think he's concerned about that as well. And he understands that, like if he gets injured, which he's had had injuries in the past, that that could cost him a lot of money in the future. I also
0: think the big, the other big factor is the fact that the wide receiver market is so hot. So Debo has to understand that he can get a lot of money right now. I mean, we talked about that before that if you take your team off of your Instagram page, you're probably going to get a raise. I mean, that's kind of the way that <laughs> teams are operating right now. That's very true. And I think that he understands that. I mean, you look at you know. I, I hate to continue to bring it up, but that Christian Kirk contract has blown the wide receiver market up because people are saying, if he's getting that, what am I getting?
1: Well, it's not even just the NFL. It's not even just wide receivers. I mean, I don't know where, how it is where you guys work. I, you know, I know maybe Paul, it might be different. I don't know, but I mean, it seems to me in the places I've worked that uh, if you want to get your own way, you want to get paid properly. All you gotta do, is threaten to leave, and they'll make it happen. It's kind of kind of the same way in the NFL, like, yeah, like I took, Greg said, I man. Took,
0: uh, I took destination football off my Twitter account, and Ramsey gave me a a big raise last week. So it's uh, that's, that was
1: actually from our sponsor who chooses that's my not advice to, be named. to
0: anybody out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was our sponsor. <laughs> um, yeah, like Greg said, I mean, he's he's been injured a lot in his career. Dating back to high school, I, I think he was the guy that was – he had like an injury every year until, you know, last year might have been the, the biggest
3: – It wasn't the first most games he's that. played yeah.
1: um, since high school. So, I mean, he's dealt with a tons of injuries, and those hits definitely are going to add up. But somewhere that I think that he could be used well, where he could line up in the backfield but not carry the ball so much, you know, play as a receiver out of the backfield, fly up in the slot, move in motion, maybe get a a jet sweep or a touch pass. I want to see Debo, if he's leaving San Francisco, uh, as much as it pains me to say
2: perfect fit in Indianapolis. I I would agree. I would, I would say that if I had to pick a, uh, a landing spot for him, I'd go green Bay. Again, I don't know what the money, the money probably doesn't work out, but if we're just talking pure football, they already have running backs. He wouldn't be the, the guy but I would agree that in uh, Indy, kind of fits his mold. Too cold. Um, you know, they got a they got a runner, they got a a quarterback.
0: I think um, I, I threw out Philly. The other team I think is Buffalo because they don't really have a set running back. You know, we talked about Singletary; he was hot at the end of the year, but they don't really have a set running back. I mean, that kind of running back by committee, so he could fit in nicely there. And they also could use some help with Emmanuel Sanders leaving next year. So that's a team I would throw out as well. But I I really don't think Debo wants to play that role. I think he wants to play wide receiver.
3: I think whoever said Indy, uh, I think Indy would be a fantastic fit. And because you have Naeem Hines, I can't believe I said him before Jonathan Taylor, but (laughs) both Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines, they have a, kind of a big gaping hole at uh their second wide receiver position so I could I think he slots in there I'm not sure kind of following the Colts and knowing Chris Ballard I'm not sure that's a trade they would make especially with their lack of draft capital but the fit would be fantastic
1: not too high on uh on
3: Doolin not too high on Doolin no all
1: right fair enough uh so in related news DK Metcalf isn't showing up to voluntary workouts Uh, so he wants out of Seattle too, and there's a lot of rumblings about Debo Samuel, about DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin possibly being on the move. They're all in the same boat, uh, in their rookie deals. Uh, one thing I did want to mention about Debo is if if
0: Drew Locke was the guy who was going to throw me passes, I would want out of. Seattle, yeah, as quickly I, as possible. I do not think that TK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett will both be there. I'm
1: curious to see which one of them ends up leaving. But what I was going to say, uh, was that you know, Debo's on his rookie deal, so there's not a, a no trade clause in there. So, I mean, theoretically, he could be traded to anywhere, and I yeah, mean, uh, but Jacksonville might be are in we,
0: time, the thing is, we're, we're I feel like we're at a point where everyone has no trade clause even if they don't have a no trade clause if wow. de- if any of these guys aren't going to play what what's the other team going to do you know what i mean like i mean at this point the players have the power well, what are they so, going to do
1: not get paid
0: i mean I, yeah players have done it
1: don't get paid then
0: I mean, it, I, I think the, the they NFL, won't so, get paid. I, I, But I think that the teams, I, I I guess what I'm saying is, I don't think teams are going to engage with someone that don't actually think they're going to play with them.
2: Yeah, sure. It's almost like in the NBA, how the players have kind of taken control of all of the free agent market, and owners and GMs kind of have to bend to the will of the players. I think mm-hmm. that in the NFL, they're kind of picking that up. It's and, the guaranteed contracts that are doing that. Right.
1: Yeah. They don't have a choice. They have to pay them anyway. So Mm -hmm. might as well move them. Uh, Yeah, we're probably going to be seeing a whole lot more of that as we move forward. Uh, I don't know, guys. I'm not here for it. I like loyalty. Show me some loyalty. I guess from both sides. You know what I mean? It's not just on the player. It's on the organization as well. You know, you got to be mutual respect, mutual loyalty. Uh, I don't know. I want to see guys stick around in the same team just bouncing all over the place. Oh, my God. Let's talk about the Cowboys.
0: okay we
1: are talking dallas cowboys on the podcast today unfortunately paul and bob are both cowboys fans so hopefully they have probably the same perspective because uh i mean it's the cowboys and they're so so uh, so boring. Guys, how did you become Cowboys fans?
2: What happened? Well, my favorite player growing up was Troy Aikman, so that that pretty much sealed it. Also, Eagles fans kind of annoy me. Okay. Max? Uh,
0: mine's pretty simple. My dad was a Cowboys fan, so that's who we watched on Sundays, and that's how I became a fan. Same way I became a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame's on Saturdays at NBC, so I became a fan.
1: That is
0: boring. Okay.
1: The Cowboys last season. No, you know what it was, was?
0: When I was a little kid, I ran in. I went to a game. I met Tony or Troy Aikman. It was a really great experience. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should have remembered that. I
1: was believing. You story. You remember that. Okay. Cowboys 12 and five division champions. Another heartbreaking playoff loss we will have to talk about something specific that happened in that game head coach Mike McCarthy 14th season in the NFL as a head coach I'm gonna let you guys tell me your thoughts on Mike McCarthy uh because I mean I always looked at him as a good coach but maybe I was blind to the fact that he was coaching Aaron Rodgers I'm not sure I hear a lot of talks about him being like an old-school kind of mindset, the way his his offense is run Now, is Kellen Moore calling the plays? Yes. yeah. Is it
2: Kellen Moore's offense, or is it Mike McCarthy's offense? I, it's hard to say. Like, I think it is Kellen Moore's offense. But remember, this is only his, what, third year calling plays. Right. So you're getting an offense that I'm sure has a lot of McCarthy influence in it. I think the biggest issue that I see is the lack of pre-snap motion that the Cowboys have, the amount of first down runs that the Cowboys have. It is a very vanilla, predictable kind of offense that just in the modern NFL isn't going to cut it.
0: I think that's a fair way to look at it. I think it's Kellen Moore's offense that has Mike McCarthy signing off on the offense. And I do think that he's, you know, I agree with what Paul said. I think that a lot of his offense's success was based on Aaron Rodgers, and he's putting his little – his he's putting his sense in because he's the head coach and he's going to sign off on what's going on.
1: Well, the offense was not – I mean, I know a lot of it had to do with the defense as well, but number one in points per game, number two in total offense. So, I mean, the offense seems to be there, gentlemen, but I do hear a lot of hate for – for Mike McCarthy's offense and for Kellen Moore's play calling. And yet here they are at the very tippy top of the NFL on offense. Well, so, so what are we talking about here?
2: I I would make the argument that you have to kind of read between the lines. I think that the Cowboys kind of run up the score a bit when they're playing teams that are absolute trash and they play six games a year against teams that routinely are absolute trash. So When you get them into the postseason against a great defense like San Francisco, for example, they're going to get shut down. It's going to be a a close kind of game where every offensive possession matters. You need to come away with points that you're not playing the Panthers who can't tackle a soul and you're rushing the ball down their throat a thousand times a game. Like, it's that's just not going to happen in the postseason. And, and that's just, that's where Dallas, I think, you know, the numbers are there, full year stuff looks good. But if you kind of read between the lines and, and you look at some of their bigger games against their playoff opponents, the offense does not really kind of cut it. Greg, what do you think from the outsider's perspective?
1: I mean, what do you think about, I'm the, we're talking about the Cowboys offense specifically, Mike McCarthy,
3: Ellen Moore. What do you see? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch it as intently as obviously Bob and Paul. They have, at least on paper, that they have probably one of the best offenses in the NFL, which num- numbers back that up. I, I definitely think there is more potential because there were games where their offense didn't show up and there were games where, where Dak had struggled um, and the whole offense has struggled. So it wasn't, not I do I don't know, from an outside perspective, it didn't seem as consistent as maybe it should have been. But you look across that roster on offense, and it's very loaded. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, my issues are not really with Mike McCarthy, offensive, just offensive-based. I mean, it's more of, you know, he's the head coach of the whole team. And when you see some of the games that they've had, they just don't show up. And that's kind of been my biggest problem at hand. You know, from the offensive standpoint, they've gotten a lot of great stats and they've done a lot of good things but they've kind of kept the status quo from when Kel Moore took over i think he's done a really good job but you know you look at the san francisco game you look at some of the games in the regular season and the team just straight up doesn't show up until it's either too late or they just don't show up at all
3: yeah i guess also uh from an outside perspective too i don't think like dallas if i'm not mistaken led the league in penalties um, so I, I think yeah. like, the, the coaching, um, and I, again, I don't watch every single play, but, you know, typically a team that leads the league in penalties, you would think that the coaching, you know, that that could be to blame and players are undisciplined or, you know, not holding down their assignments and whatever.
0: I totally
1: agree. Penalties is 100% a coaching issue. And that's going to hold back, you know, if an offense is number two in the league, but then they're leading the league in penalties, that's pushing them backwards where it's not affecting the offense's yards total. But, but overall in the game, it absolutely is. So I can agree with that, I guess, to a degree. I just – I feel like Cowboys fans are very fickle. And um, I think you're – I think you're just expecting so much – that when you have a year like, like, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott for a second, because I hear it from so many Cowboys fans. Zeke is Zeke is towards the end, give the ball to Tony Pollard, yada, yada, yada. Zeke just keeps producing constantly. So what is going on there? I are you just expecting way more than I'll, the average NFL
0: I'll, fan. I'll answer your I'll raise, I'll accept your argument and raise an argument. What is the difference between your fandom and my fandom?
1: My mom's a Cowboys fan. That's it. No,
0: no, no. I'm saying, what have you experienced as a Jaguars fan that I haven't experienced? You've actually experienced more because you went to an AFC championship game. So I understand when you're talking about Cowboys fans that were born in the 50s and have seen the championships. But we haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. Mm -hmm. Ramsey, I've never seen the team go to the AFC championship. I've never seen the team in the Super Bowl. Okay. I've never seen the team win in a, the a divisional round. So yeah, when yeah, you yeah. talk about a fickle but, fan, I'm as good as a Browns fan. That's where I'm at. I mean, I'm worse I, than you. I'm no, worse no, 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 when no, it no, comes no. to
1: that. No, 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 no. That that's a very bold thing to say, Bob. I watched my team be the worst team in the league for a decade. Um, yeah, there, but you've that's seen. You've been
0: there. You've been a. You've been a Mac interception that you can argue to death away from a Super Bowl. I've never been there. I've never been at Cowboys that point a in my much, life.
3: The, I would argue the Cowboys have much more playoff appearances and win a better winning. But who cares? in the Last twenty years. That's who what cares? I see.
0: I would rather I would rather suck and be close to winning a championship than all this. You wouldn't. I, I, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> well, we we but regardless, we've never. <laughs> I. I'm the, My view is I'm a fan of the Cleveland Browns, whatever you think. I've never experienced anything more than pain. Never. I was one year – I was maybe – I was a couple months old when they went to the last Super Bowl.
1: Here's what I can say, Bob, to, to back what you're saying. I get it to a degree, but I don't think you get it to my degree. Well, but at the same time, Bob, hold on, hold on, hold on that one year that they, that one year mind you that they did do something in the playoffs by the way they were 10 and 6 they weren't even that good they just got hot that one year i experienced it that hurt a whole lot more than watching them be very bad every other year
0: no no i'm just saying that there's a generation of cowboys fans that are punished because of what cowboys fans of years before have experienced okay. i haven't experienced any of it i All don't right. know what Ma, it's but- like to go to an nfc championship game <laughs> Haven't done it. Haven't done it in my life.
1: Uh, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, I'm not judging you. I'm not insinuating you've been to the dance and now you're expecting more. I'm insinuating that your team performs a lot better than the than the.
0: You're right. The yeah. Complaints. But it's the same as I, I'm just. You know, I'm just. We're just talking as a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> I get punished because the 1990s Notre Dame team won a national championship. I haven't experienced it. I'm the... I,
3: I, You've experienced a lot of blowouts,
0: though. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't experienced it. I've experienced pain. I That's what we've experienced as Cowboys fans. Paul's in the same boat. Maybe, he, maybe at two years old, he remembers what no. the Cowboys were like no. When, no. They won a, when they we're, won the Super Bowl. We're talking about they, a
1: running back who's never had less than 970
0: yards in his career never happened. Well, if you want to talk about Zeke my Top point of 12, Zeke is five what's the, years. okay okay if you want to talk about Zeke then my point on Zeke is what's the difference between Zeke and Tony Pollard
1: Zeke's done it plenty of times
0: except Zeke gets paid a lot of money which has caused them to have to cut players that are valuable and that's where they're at right now that's they got fair. rid of Lyle Collins they got rid of Randy Gregory they got rid of um guys that could play they got rid of amari cooper because they had to pay zeke so now they're in a spot where they're going downhill because they got rid of those guys
3: oh, are the cowboys better today than they were are
0: always are the cowboys better today than they were at the end of last season no because no. they paid zeke a lot of money a couple of years ago and then they had to cut players this year that's where they're at
1: why didn't they just I don't know. I would just say, I I don't think I can blame Zeke for that.
0: Well, no, no, he's a business. He made his money. He should have made his money. I don't blame Zeke. I blame Jerry Jones for paying him his money, but they paid, they decided that they were going to pay the running back, which is a position that's becoming outdated that anyone can do, including a wide receiver. We talked about that earlier, can play running back. And now they have to cut valuable players. They're starting right tackle. Their starting left guard, their starting wide receiver are gone because of what they paid.
2: Okay, but hold so on. That's
0: why they've taken a, a step downhill.
2: But hold on. Connor Connor Williams being cut is addition by subtraction, as far as I'm concerned. The dude but left. Who Williams- are they playing there? But who are they playing there? They don't know who's going to be the left tackle. That's well, the problem with the Cowboys. Yeah, but they also know. haven't drafted yet. Like, give them an opportunity well, okay. to pull the holes through the draft. Here. But. Okay,
0: but they they cut their starting right tackle, their starting left guard, and their starting wide receiver. Haven't brought anyone in, but they have a running back.
1: Well, I that's mean,
0: my problem with the Cowboys. The Cowboys had the number one
1: ranked offensive line according to PFF last year, so obviously losing two guys isn't going to help.
0: Um, and they don't like their center, and they need to. They want to bring in a new center. And they have a left tackle that can't play a full season because he's constantly hurt, but they can't bring anyone in because they paid the running back so much money. That's my problem with the Cowboys.
2: I I would agree. I would say that when they went all in on Zeke, they did have by far the best rushing offensive line in the league, like bar none. They had Tyron Smith in his prime. You had Zach Martin, you had, uh, Fred Beard and you had Lyle Collins it was a solid offensive line all right so I can get why they wanted to make the investment in the running back having said that that was a gamble that did not pay off so now you have an aging running back taking up way too much of the salary cap and on top of that you have an offensive line that's loaded with holes I would say that you almost have to refocus on rebuilding that offensive line and trying to take advantage of whatever prime Zeke has left. But again, that's, that would then be another gamble because you're taking your eye off the ball defensively again, and you're back to where you were back in 2016. So I don't know. I almost You
0: guys got my Irish up. Now I'm all pissed off. And now we're talking about the Cowboys. Fire it up,
2: Bob. Let's go.
0: No, it's just, I'm just saying they, they cut, Players, it's fine. You want to cut players, you want to get rid of Amari Cooper. They haven't brought those players in. That's the problems with the Cowboys. Do I think that the Cowboys can be the best team in the NFC? Sure, but you have to bring in players that can replace them. That's the problem that we're at. What and were
3: you going to say, Greg? That's
0: the issue. What was that?
3: Greg was. Trying yeah, I was going to say. I think some of. I think Jerry Jones is a businessman, uh, pretty good one at that. I think the Zeke contract, like, it doesn't make sense at all. And I think the data supporting second contracts for running backs is pretty clear cut on that even back then. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, how much money do do the Cowboys make off of Zeke, who's one of the faces of the franchise and who's beloved by fans? Uh, So I think, you know, fan engagement and the business side of things, I I think maybe that decision was made with that intention. Uh, yeah, I think play Greg.
0: Play. I think Greg hit the nail on the head there. I don't, uh, you know. Sure, I have there's, a, you know, I have a Zeke jersey hanging around somewhere. He's he's an exciting player, but he's not. We've talked about it time and again on the podcast. The running back position has faltered. It's not as valuable. They didn't need to pay that kind of money to a running back, and they did. And now they have to cut valuable players.
2: But then, and now
0: they have to nail this draft to
2: have the wow. team they
0: had last year. Otherwise, they're worse.
2: Well, because well, they built a team around a '90s model. Like that's the that's the problem with Jerry Jones. Is he still thinks that building a team around an enormous offensive line, an adequate quarterback, and a stud running back is going to win in this modern NFL, and it just isn't anymore.
3: Um, damn. What Are you calling
2: Troy Aikman an adequate quarterback?
0: Yeah, but. I I agree with that, but I also disagree. They built it around the running back. That's the problem. If they would have held their guns and they would have said, we're not going to pay Zeke, we're going to let Tony Pollard be the running back, where would they be at? They'd probably be fine. I mean, how many times you watch the Cowboys play and you see a run that's six yards, five yards, whatever, and it's Tony Pollard that actually was the one that ran that. That's the
2: problem. But how many times, though, have you seen Zeke get the ball and there is nowhere to go? Like, I feel like I'm almost watching a Giants game, to be honest with you. Well, Tony Pollard averaged 5.5
1: yards a carry, so I definitely see Bob's side of that, 5.1 for his Mm -hmm. career. So he's a very good running back. Is he better than Zeke? I would argue he's not. Um, I think when Zeke was coming, when he signed that contract, wasn't he coming off he was, like, third in MVP voting or something? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean that's uh, you know where where did Jonathan Taylor finish in the MVP voting this year? Anyone know? Around there. Right. So so what I'm what I'm getting is that where, when when you have a running back coming off of a season that impressive, where he's finishing that high in the MVP voting, you can make a rash decision like giving him a big contract, which again, well I, to, I, to add to, said, add hold to on, that, hold though. on, hold on. Like I just said, he's a very marketable guy. He's a, you know, a, a face of the franchise. And Bob, what I was going to ask you is, do you think that they built this team around Ezekiel Elliott?
0: Yes, but the and problem is, Prescott. the problem is they paid Ezekiel Elliott. They were in a position. It was two thousand, whatever it was, two thousand nineteen. They were, they were going to win the game. They had all the leverage in the world. They paid him. At a spot they didn't need to pay him. They had the leverage. They were going to win the first handful of games, and they could have just put the heat on Zeke. Instead, they paid him when they didn't need to pay him. That's my problem. They didn't need to pay him that big contract. I understand Zeke deserved it because of his past performance, but you don't you don't pay him because of that. That's my issue with the Cowboys. It's like they paid him because they decided he deserved the money based on his past performance not based on what he's gonna have going forward
1: and you don't you don't think that he's capable of getting back there no you know 1200 1300
0: yards no I, I, I think he's I, and if he is I think Tony Pollard is capable of doing the same job he is I totally think Tony Pollard can do the same job.
1: All right, well, let's talk about a player who was actually disappointing this year, and that's CeeDee Lamb, a guy who is expected to be a breakout top-ten receiver. He looked like it early, but overall, very disappointing. I know you guys say he struggles with drops, uh, which, you know, still a young player. I don't like his build as a wide receiver. Uh, I don't know how well he's going to hang up. Does he catch the ball well in traffic? You guys would be a better judge of that. Oh, right? yeah. So oh, yeah, he catches the ball well in traffic. Does he break tackles?
2: Yeah, he does, but he, I mean, what I would worry about is that dude takes some wicked hits. That's in, what and I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. His wicked build hits. as a
1: wide receiver, I don't know how long it can hold up. Uh, is he similar size to Step Diggs? I, I think maybe his body shape just rubs me the wrong way. He's a little awkward looking. Um, oh. I thought he was going to be a really good receiver. I think he still has a lot of potential to be a really good receiver. I think if anybody really deserves some hate on that offense from a skill position standpoint,
2: it's probably CD Lamb. I would agree, but I'd almost like disagree as well because I think a lot of the things that he needs to focus on and get better at are just catching balls that are very catchable balls. I think watching every game, You'll see him drop balls that every wide receiver in the NFL should catch. But he'll also come up with those catches that are the windows maybe this big. And then he takes a huge lick from a safety and gets right back up. So I would say he becomes an elite receiver when he catches the easy balls. I don't know exactly whether that's a mental thing or a physical thing. But as long as that gets fixed, he'll be fine. So I'm not really as worried. I would say disappointed. But I also wouldn't say I'm worried.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think CeeDee Lamb's a great receiver, but, you know, I, I hate to continue to talk about the same subject, but my my concern is they got rid of Cooper, and who's basically at this point, now, yes, they may draft Trayvon Burks, but who is replacing Cooper at this point is going to be um, James Washington. Yeah. so. Why God. i mean you're asking a lot you're asking a lot of cooper you're now saying that his role has expanded quite a bit because of that and i get that yes they will probably add somebody and that will probably change the world but you're also saying that um not cooper um Gallagher. Um, Lamb. lamb will for the first couple weeks will probably have to just be the one on his own with with Schultz and potentially this rookie. I'm not really thinking Gallup will be back right away. So now you're asking this huge role from Lamb, and I'm not really comfortable with that because of some of the concerns you brought on and just the fact that I don't think he's proven that he can be the one all by himself.
2: Yeah, but the one thing that they do get with James Washington that they didn't necessarily have with Cooper was somebody that could take the top off the defense. I mean, Cooper's a great route runner, but he's not somebody that's – that's a pull the, the safety back. So maybe that creates more opportunity for CD lamb underneath to be more of a possession wide receiver out of the slot. Again, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but that I think would give the Cowboys maybe a little bit more breathing room because I think there were a lot of times Dak was throwing the ball. and There were like three, four guys in the area. And, you know, there's nobody down the field, down the field, down the field. Cause they just didn't have that capability. I think that's a fair
0: point. I just, I don't know. I worry about this offense. I worry about what we're looking at right now with, you know, obviously they've committed to Schultz and Gallup. Gallup, we're not really sure what he's going to have when he comes back to the, the team um, because of the torn ACL. I mean, that's the other, that's the other uh, elephant in the room is what is Michael Gallup when he comes back? He just tore his ACL. Is he the same guy that he was? when he you know scored that touchdown against san francisco is he guys gonna a guy that's going to have a step or two back they've committed to that it's concerning now now lamb's got to be the number one and he's going to have to contribute a lot early on in the year
1: i saw i saw the mocks with them taking a wide receiver in the first round i i didn't uh I didn't see why they would do that. But now, actually, now that we're talking about the Cowboys and I'm thinking about Gallup and James Washington, they're probably going to draft a wide receiver.
3: I yeah. agree. Kind of what Paul was saying, like you have CD Lamb, who's, uh, you know, can work the intermediate short areas and uh, Dalton Schultz over the middle, like what Paul – exactly what Paul was saying, you need someone to kind of take the top off that defense. And I think a guy um, – you know, I, really, any of these wide receivers, because they're all really fast, but I think Traylon Burks uh, would fit, fit that mold. I know you're you're cringing.
1: I'm cringing at my children yelling in the other room. Uh,
0: okay.
3: <laughs> I'm
1: cringing. Um, so it's what, okay, uh, I'm cringing. Well, what do you guys think about the contract Gallup just got? Five years, $57 million. Uh, that's surprising to me. Um, I mean, we talk about Christian Kirk getting – 17 million. This is Gallup getting 15, who has not produced even to the level of Christian Kirk and has been injured multiple times, coming off an ACL. Man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that.
2: I feel like Michael Gallup's a luxury. Like they don't need him, and that money could have been spent elsewhere, and he's very easily replaced. I I mean, you look at all the holes on their offensive line, I would have invested a lot more time, money, and energy into that, but, you know, we are where we are. Um, I, that would just be my fear is that they've invested a ton of money in a position that they didn't need to invest a ton of money in. They already have a ton wrapped up in the quarterback. They have a ton wrapped up in the running back. And your offensive line has gotten significantly worse this offseason.
0: Yeah. What is I mean, their cap situation? To, to follow up what Paul said, you know, they – I. I hate the fact they got rid of Amari Cooper as much as um, I said my Irish is up because of talking about the Cowboys. I'm gonna be even more pissed if they draft a wide receiver in the first round instead of a Zion plus type of guy in that draft party podcast. I'm probably gonna be even more fired up that night. So they need a wide. They need a offensive lineman.
1: make sure we pitch that at the end make sure people know
0: yeah i threw it in the chat
1: um but they have 15 million dollars in cap space okay so i mean were they active were the were they in on these wide receivers that were moving were they even trying no they're definitely going to draft a wide receiver and i think it's so stupid i feel like they just repeatedly do that
0: yeah i mean that's how they operate they don't they don't do anything in the off season do you think, they haven't brought do you, anyone in ever. Do you think that they tend to target
1: uh more skill position players or defensive backs in the first round because they're more marketable in uh in a big city like Dallas? Like I'm just thinking about the moves they made just it seems like two draft a wide receiver. Where where they have other holes, other things that could be
3: filled in that position. I'm just thinking about it. They did famously opt not to draft Johnny Manziel and pick was it Kevin Frederick instead? Uh, okay,
1: Zach,
2: that was Zach Martin. Zach,
1: oh, Zach Martin, okay. So was sock in the bad. mouth, but uh, I think there's enough red flags on Johnny Manziel to say it's probably not a good fit uh, for marketing sake. Check out the
0: USFL every. Every Saturday on fan, Fox.
1: Fan-controlled football. That's what he plays in. It's called fan-controlled ah, football. T.O.'s playing now, too. Check it out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's pretty interesting.
0: Um, I think there's a level of that, trying to go after a sexy first-round pick. Yeah, and yeah I that's don't, what I'm saying. I'm always getting, uh, always getting uh, uh, linemen that might make sense is the direction they go. Yeah, I don't know. Is Zach Martin handsome? No. He's got a nice uh, – well, Zach Martin doesn't. Travis frederick got a nice beard.
2: Doesn't fit the profile. I don't know. That's a shocking pick then, I guess. I mean, they did have three offensive line picks in the early 2010s that turned into, you know, stud players. So, you well, know. Uh, hey, listen, when it comes to drafting pro bowlers, Jerry Jones, best in the business.
0: Well, you know, if you want to break down the Cowboys draft, they're really good in the first – well, I shouldn't say that. They're pretty good in the first round. Where they struggle is they really fuck up that second, third round. The,
2: th- the three, you know, I, I think three through six three, is pretty poor. Every year is pretty Paco poor. Charlton,
0: Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderash. I mean, those are all guys they took top fifty, and they're like they're pretty much useless at this point. I mean, there's those are guys that are they're keeping around. Whoever I mean, at this point it's Layton Esch is the only guy that they, they have left.
2: So they and should have taken TJ Watson.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's where they screwed up is they've botched the second round picks. They they took a chance on Jalen Smith. He had a one good year, and then he's obviously off the team. Leighton Van Der Esch is now hopefully a solid third or fourth linebacker that they have. Um, what uh The guy's name can't on top of my head. The center, he's obviously want to move on to somebody else. Connor Williams, Uh, they want to move on. Joseph, uh yeah, (laughs) Kelvin Joseph, they want to move on to somebody else. I mean, I could name so many second-round picks that they've completely botched. That's part of the problem is that their their draft doesn't have depth. Yes, Jerry Jones can draft a Pro Bowler in the first round, but he cannot. Draft, draft,
1: depth. What do you guys think about the idea about uh, uh, free agents not wanting to come to Dallas? Uh, you saw, you know, with that Randy Gregory situation, how he, you know, the Cowboys were loyal to him, and then they offered him a, a same contract in one little detail, and he was out. Um, they also, like you said, they they don't sign free agents maybe they can't sign free agents. What do you think about this idea? I uh, am similar to Philadelphia, maybe for different reasons though.
0: I think there's a level of that. I think that, you know, uh, Juju was a guy that I thought could have been a good fit. He seemed to have some interest there, but didn't seem like the Joneses were interested in that. I think they, you know, I I don't know what they want in a free agent. it, it just doesn't make sense. I I can't really I can't really explain it. Can you imagine Juju tocking on the star? I wouldn't have loved that, but at the same time, you know, I think he would have been a good fit to to work with Lamb or um what Lamb and Ro- uh, Washington as the the third guy there. I think that's the type of thing that I would have been kind of interested in, but you know the I don't know.
2: Well, Maybe if, you're, if you're reading the tea leaves, then they're going to draft a wide receiver then because they're not bringing in any primo free agents like Juju. So,
0: you know, the problem is you got to take into consideration Jerry spent a lot of this offseason worrying about his love child. And that's, that's kind of the problem at hand. I mean, he, you know, he's got that going on. He can't be focusing on free agents. I mean, they may make sense, but, you know, that's millions of dollars. He's got to pay that woman that may or may not be his daughter and that's you know that's, that's a problem
1: I thought I thought he already did pay her a bunch of money thought that's how this was coming up
0: I don't know I can't even keep track on that
2: I'm very disappointed that suit got dropped because I was very much hoping that it would lead to the sale of the Cowboys but you know to her <laughs> she can couldn't <laughs> do worse she can't do worse uh, how many Super Bowls um,
1: Let's argue about that at the end, okay, because it's frustrating to me a little bit. You know, teams like yours, you know what I mean? You're always in the freaking playoffs, and you're complaining the whole time. Just complaining the whole time.
0: Always in the playoffs.
1: Constantly in the playoffs.
0: Constantly. Uh, from my, my memory life, has been a happy, so, go lucky. My memory
1: since Quincy Carter, been in the playoffs – Oh my gosh. All Nothing right. but and happiness. Any no more <laughs> thoughts? Uh, tell me who else we hate on the offense. Any
2: more guys we hate on the offense? <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly it's it's not a bad offense. It just needs some tinkering. It it, it just somebody I just even argue it's good. I would I would too. I just don't trust the Joneses and Mike McCarthy to get the job done. You know, you have all the ingredients, but the the guy you're you're trusting to cook the meal can't cook. That's me. I guess, I guess, you know, I agree.
0: Paul's right. The offense is is good. It's just when you see the what the other teams in the division have, they the impact that they've made, the improvements they've made, it makes you frustrated as a Cowboys fan. When you see that the the Commodores and the Eagles and the Giants have made improvements, it's kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? And that's my frustration as a fan.
3: Is I mean, did improvements, finish. finish?
1: Yeah, they did. No, yes, they did at quarterback.
3: I don't know. Rams favorite a players.
1: Carson Wentz, baby, right to the playoffs. Commodore's yeah. uh, division champs. No, but really, that's I brought the this up. I, I brought this up to you guys earlier. What is the difference between Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott?
0: A lot. <laughs> Dak's
1: better. Divulge. Uh what is th- what has Dak Prescott done that Carson Wentz has not done?
2: Man, I don't I don't have the stats in front well, of me, but I do. I do, well, I do. PFP,
0: from a PFF standpoint. Dak Prescott has been better four more times than he's not when it comes to Carson Wentz. Slightly like, better but better.
1: Slightly. better. I'm talking seven touchdowns better. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you're talking
0: from okay. Dak Prescott has
1: 143 passing touchdowns. Carson Wentz has 140.
0: Okay. From a PFF standpoint, Dak Prescott more times than not has had a better season than Carson Wentz. But what does PFF really mean? From another standpoint, has how many years has, you know, you talk about last year with Carson Wentz. When's the last time that Dak Prescott had a running back as good as Jonathan Taylor? 2016? He has one right now. You think, okay. You think Jonathan Taylor is as good as Ezekiel Elliott? Not currently. Oh, but that's what we're talking about. That's the argument. Okay, but Carson, Carson Wentz has played with Jonathan Taylor one season. One. Okay, so then in 2021, you got to take into consideration, he had 30 whatever touchdowns and seven picks, and he also had a running back that was better than Dak Prescott's had since 2016. And he also probably has a better offensive line. He doesn't have the targets, I'll give you that, but he does, the from an offensive line standpoint, I would, Better than the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. Which part? Okay, the offensive, offensive line. line. Yes, I would. The Colts have had maybe not at peak. How many of the, the Cowboys guys stayed on for the whole year? I couldn't say, Collins. but P, PFF, which you just brought up, number one Collins, in the league. Collins was, was suspended. Collins was suspended multiple multiple games a year. Um, and Tyron Smith. Could not play a whole season, so so now that changes that. That changes that. Uh, okay, well, uh, years with
1: twenty-seven plus touchdown passes. Carson Wentz three. Dak Prescott two.
3: I have I have their uh, career stats pulled up next to each other. Uh, Dak Prescott has a career ninety-eight point seven seven passer rating. Carson Wentz has a 90.1 passer rating Um, per game Dak Prescott has two over the course of their career 250 260 passing yards a game Carson Wentz 240 Uh, touchdowns are very similar 1.7 touchdowns per game versus 1.6 so I mean. The completion percentage, uh, Dak Prescott, 67%. Carson Wentz, 63%. So they are very similar, but Dak Prescott it, has the edge. in It is, every it is slight.
2: Pattern. It is slight. And well, so other
3: than others. 98- don't forget 30-
2: here, that Dak Prescott missed pretty much an entire season a year and a half ago. So obviously his overall career stats are going to be a little bit less than Wentz's because he's played three quarters of a season less.
1: Carson Wentz missed games. He didn't play a full season when he tore his ACL either.
2: Okay. Oh, he also
0: got – you know, Carson Wentz got benched, so you got to take that into consideration.
2: Yeah, and Dak Prescott <laughs> got, got hurt in week four. Carson Wentz got hurt in, like, week 15. You know, that, years, that's more of a postseason kind of deal. Years with
1: a passer rating, rating over 100. Dak Prescott two, Carson Wentz two.
3: You see what I'm saying? But that, that stat, if, if Dak Prescott has a career passer rating of 99 and it, Carson Wentz is 90 or 91, oh. that's mm-hmm. that's a significant difference.
1: Correct. And Carson Wentz had a very poor season that year. He got sacked 50 times in Philadelphia. Yeah. If you get sacked 50 times, you're going to have a bad time. Hey, sacks <laughs> are a QB stat. Uh, Sometimes. If you're Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh Very similar rushing totals also. Dak Prescott has way more rushing touchdowns. I was hoping that's what you are going to say. That's the only thing I could find was that Dak Dak Prescott scores more rushing touchdowns than Carson Wentz. Anyway, I'm defending Carson Wentz. Dak Prescott, he's
3: good. It's it's funny how much that, like right now, I would think Dak Prescott. And again, the numbers are closer than you would think. I, I definitely see your point. Uh, but it's funny how often over the course of their career that question to who's better has changed. Like it looked like Dak at first, and then it was Carson. And then like, it's changed back and forth like six or seven times. It's really- yeah. But I,
2: I, I bet you if you asked, and again, this is just real informal, but I bet you if you asked anybody, most people would tell you that it's Dak Prescott. I, I, agree. I but agree. That's settled science at this point.
1: I would too. I would too. I'm just saying the numbers are so similar. <laughs> That it's like what is honestly the difference anyway let's move it over to the defense uh, they obviously the, they lost Randy Gregory that hurts uh, but overall this defense was was average overall you know average overall number one in takeaways they got after the ball uh, what do you guys think about let's let's start with the biggest name on on the team. All right, Michael Parsons is there too, but we're talking about Trayvon Diggs led the league in interceptions. I call him the Tyreek Hill of defense because he's he's making big plays and he's getting burned. Give me an honest take on Trayvon Diggs, the way he plays, playing style. Uh, it's it's something to behold sometimes.
2: So I know that we we uh, kind of talked about this uh, before recording over the weekend, but. I, I like Trayvon Diggs. I think he's a stud. I think that you need a ball hawk, and I think that you need guys that are going to go for the ball, try to make a play, and if they get burned, they get burned. Having said that, I think that you need to complement them with guys that are going to go out there and shut somebody down, and the Cowboys don't have that. So Trayvon Diggs, as good as he is, kind of gets exposed, and what ends up happening is – Kelvin Joseph isn't making plays. Nation Wright's not making plays. Anthony Brown's not making plays. Jordan Lewis is not making plays. None of these guys are making plays and going out there and shutting anybody down. So then Trayvon Diggs has to then be both a ball hawk and a shutdown corner. That you're asking way too much of the guy. You know, I would I would capitalize on what he's good at. He's a ball hawk. Go get the football, and then compliment him with guys that can go out there and just shut everybody down.
1: You are seeing a lot of teams playing that cover two shell. Do the Cowboys do any of that to begin with? They do, but there's
2: they
0: could use more than more of that. They could use a little bit more um, help for digs. I think that's part of the reason that he's been put in the situation he's in. I think as Paul said that he, you know, he He's a bullhawk, so he's going to get your interceptions. He's also going to get burned. And that's my concern with this 2022 Cowboys team is who's going to protect him um, going into next year.
2: Because they have nobody. Like, I'm looking at their roster right now, and I'm just like – like oh, it's just so easy for me in? to get
0: frustrated. I get frustrated and that's how I get because
2: you know? they're because they should be producing more like they like there's no reason this team can't put together a roster that competes in the NFL. Like there's there's like and competes for a championship, not just like, ooh, 11- that's when you talk about 11-6. McCarthy. That's that's my issue
0: with McCarthy is that I feel like they should be a lot better off than they are.
2: He's not a good coach. They shouldn't have brought him in in the first place. As far as I'm concerned. No. I mean the problem with the Cowboys is that the the most
0: productive they've been has been 2004 when they had Bill Parcells oh, because man. he was a coach.
2: Yeah, and he he's, he does things his way. And Jerry Jones. And, he, and had, they
0: lost the they lost the Panthers, but that loss to the Panthers was the most productive they've been because that team should not have gotten to that point.
2: Well, who pulled the, who pulled the trigger on Drew Bledsoe getting benched? It yeah. was Bill Parcells. There's no way that anybody else would have put in Tony Romo, this guy that no one ever heard of, in place of Drew Bledsoe.
0: Well, the truth about the Cowboys is the fact that the last coach that they've had was Bill Parcells. Yeah, and Bill Par and Wade Phillips, he kind of re- rode the coattails of Bill Parcells, and then. You know, Jason Garrett was an idiot, and that's just the way he was. But you know, Parcells was the last guy that was a coach. I mean, he he handled the team and he put them in a position to win, and that's why they went to the spot that they were. And if it wasn't and if it wasn't for him retiring, they probably would have went to the whatever NFC Championship game or whatnot because he would have made. You know, he would have been coach.
2: Uh, Yeah, but I mean, like, who who in the league now that would be available outside of Sean Payton fits the mold of the coach? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. There's anybody that would be available. I mean, because obviously your Belichick's, your Tomlin's, guys like that, they're not going anywhere. I, I mean, so what I kind of wanted was get me a young. Like Sean McVay, kind of offensive minded, you know, Wonderkin, get him in here while you have all of these weapons in their prime and take advantage of it. Like, I, that's what I would have wanted. But no, we went with vanilla Mike McCarthy, who I'm pretty sure they're just throwing to the Wolves this year so that they go eight and nine and have justification to fire him and bring in Sean Payton.
1: Uh, uh, well, what do you guys think about Dan Quinn uh, defensive coordinator? Uh, could he be a candidate to fill that role? I don't
2: no? think so. You like him as a defensive coordinator? I think there, I think that there's some guys that are just built to be coordinators and Dan Quinn is built to be a coordinator. Wade, Wade Phillips was built to be a coordinator. You know, hell of a coordinator, can't can't coach. I think Dan Quinn is a good coach. I wouldn't hate him. I just, you know, 28-3 still kind of sticks with me.
1: And everybody else as well. All right, guys. Well, uh, Michael Parsons is a dog. Uh, no doubt about it. He's going to be great. Maybe he already is great. Uh, so I mean, there are definitely pieces on that defense, but uh, you know, you lose pieces, you got to fill them. And like Bob said, they haven't really Dante Fowler. Come on, that's that's nothing. Uh, so uh, let's get into um, you know, at, at what you said just said eight and nine, Paul. At what record would you say? You're probably already saying it based off of uh, your dialogue here on the podcast, but at what record would you say, Mike McCarthy, you're done?
2: I mean, I would say 500 or less, but I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of the imagination, but I would be, it's hard to not feel like they've given him a bad team Or a team that's not capable of going 12 and 5 again, just so that they can get Sean Payton in here next year. That's what I that's legitimately what I think. And with that rumor that he was thinking about going to coach the Dolphins, I mean, obviously
1: interesting coaching is still there for him. So yeah. All right, guys. I mean, any any more thoughts? Who are you looking for in the draft? Who do you want in the draft?
0: Rayman.
2: Bernhard. I like it. I mean, I, I like Zion Johnson. I like Kenyon Green. Any Anybody that's going to be on the offensive line. Traylon Burks is great, but give me an O-lineman. Yeah, no doubt. Me and Bob
1: got heated there for a little bit. That's good. That's good content. Love it. I Hope, you,
0: uh,
1: all right, guys. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys destination football.